and welcome to Fresh Voices, the podcast where we tell stories and learn new perspectives. I'm Julia Pinney, and today I'm here with Professor Sarah Kalina to talk about the importance of pronouns and raising a non-binary child. Professor Kalina, would you introduce yourself? Sure. Um, so my name is Sarah Kalina. I teach here at Georgetown. Um, I'm an adjunct, which means that I work part-time, although it seems to be um, a larger and larger part of my time. <laughs> um, I teach um, gender and the law. And I've been doing that for a number of years, and more recently I started teaching um, uh, the Introduction to Gender Studies class. And even more recently, I'm actually starting a course with a group of students to design a course on Title IX. So as you can see, it's a big part of my, <laughs> of my time. Um, but I also do um, have my own uh, consulting firm where I work on health policy and other gender policy issues when I'm not here. Great. Wonderful. Um, So in my first class with you, when I gender in the law um, last semester, I remember I was a bit taken aback by, as part of the introduction, saying my name, my year, kind of the stuff that we all rattle off as Georgetown students, but then my pronouns. And Georgetown's a pretty liberal school, but I'd actually never been asked to say my pronouns before in an introduction in one of my classes. Um, So I guess I wanted to start out with why do you feel it's important for pronouns to be part of the introduction when people are getting to know each other? Right. Well, I have... um a lot of uh, empathy for you sitting there thinking pronouns. Really, I think my pronouns are pretty obvious. Um, And I've taught gender studies. I've done gender public policy for many, many years. And actually, when I first got here, I didn't ask people their pronoun. Um, I was aware that not everybody had he or she. I knew that, of course, I knew that um, people could be non-traditional in their gender performance, as we call it, or, you know, how they present. Um, But I always figured that, you know, you just sort of set up a classroom where people are nice and respectful, and people will let you know. I often would say to people, if there's anything you want me to know that would be helpful, you know, that would be, you know, about you or how you learn or anything about yourself that would help me um, be a better teacher and make this a better learning experience. And that always just seemed fine. I always felt like, well, that's I'm making it clear, and certainly no one would be uncomfortable coming to me. I, I think I make it pretty clear that I'm somebody you can, you know, um, you can reach out to. And all of that changed <laughs> when, um, uh, when I had a personal experience that um, gave me a completely different insight. So in addition to all the things I said, I'm also a mother of three. I have three children. I have a boy, a girl, and I have an agender teenager. Um, I am not going to use names of my kids. Um, obviously, it's perfectly, po- you know, you can figure it out easily enough, so I realize that, but out of respect for all three of them, this conversation is about me as a mother and as a professor. Um, it's not, I'm not speaking for them on behalf of them, um, any of them, um, but obviously they're going to be part of the story because that's where I've been learning a lot about pronouns and um, what it means to be non-binary. So um, maybe I'll just back up and tell that story a little bit because I think it's relevant to your yeah, question, which is good. to say that uh, uh, so as a feminist, I always, of course, prided myself. My husband and I share caretaking. I work part-time. He worked part-time. You know, we have many ways in which we can say that we were, you know, we co-parented, um, you know, et cetera, et cetera. And, uh, and certainly I don't think that I, I know I did, but I, I like to think that I, we challenge gender roles. 
um, except in all the obvious ways that we didn't, and <laughs> everyone does that. But, but you know, we we saw all that. Um, but it wasn't until my third child that um, uh, they seemed not gender nonconforming, but whatever, right? I don't care. You can be whatever you want. Um, but it became more and more clear that it was something else or something more. Um, and really quite young, um, there were certain words, gender, gendered words that my child said, look, I, I hate that word. I hate that word. Will you just call me Sib or child? Like like what? Did they not like being called your daughter? Daughter, girl, sister. Um, nor did they like son, brother. Um, so our first thought was, oh, well, maybe this child is trans. I understand that. I don't really understand it, but I understand. I, I, I have a framework for it. I have some knowledge. I as a gender studies professor, I have understanding of, of at least the intellectual framework of, you know, that. Nope. <laughs> Absolutely not. Do you feel like a girl? Nope. Do you feel like a boy? Nope. Really? Yep. Um, absolute clarity. Absolute clarity. Uh, and frankly, when I look back, absolute clarity from day one. It was just a question of finding the words. So that actually made it much easier as a parent because clarity is one thing that, um, you know, when you're sort of asking that question of am I imagining this, wait it out, everyone says, oh, wait till puberty, everything changes, oh, I was a tomboy, you know, all those kind of stories, so, um, but it became clear, and I can, you know, go back to that a little bit more if you want, that, um, that uh, this, my third child was not a boy, not a girl, and when they found the word agender, it was this huge relief, because I actually remember saying, you know, you don't really, you know, labels, who needs labels, and they were like, I do, I was like, oh, oh okay, I thought labels were sort of constricting, like, no, I want to, I want to know. I don't understand. I mean, I don't feel like I, I, I need to understand what I am. Everybody else has a label. <laughs> so, it was, so it was actually very freeing um, to have a label, if you will, um, uh, as opposed to how I had experienced it as, you know, oh, you can be a girl, however you want to be a girl. You can be a boy, whatever you want to be. However, however it looks, I, that's fine. Um, but... Uh, the pronoun issue was the most difficult in some ways because it's the most visible. It's the most outrageous, sort of the one that it requires the most um, activity on somebody else's part. Obviously, it does not come naturally to most of us. It requires thinking. I mean, like, I'll be super honest here. Yeah. I wrote they on my hand this morning. <laughs> right. Because, it's, because I don't have a very personal experience yeah. um, with someone in my life who's non-binary, and I do not want to mess up. I am terrified <laughs> right. of messing up. Right. Because, and you're terrified because it fe because you know it's important, and you're terrified because you know that it's so ingrained in the way that you talk and think that that it's, it's extremely likely um, that a pronoun will come out, um, and it is extremely likely whatever association you had when I tell the story that I had a child who I started out calling a, a daughter or a sister, then you immediately think she. And so it, it just, yeah, absolutely. And um, I, I actually had probably be one of my, one of my awful parenting moments. We all have, if you ever become a parent, you'll, you'll be able to list them off. I've got a, quite a few, but um, was when my child said, you know, I, I um, don't feel like a boy, I don't feel like a girl. And I said, that's fine. You know, I can do that. Just don't let me do the they thing. I'll never get it right, and uh, I'll never be able to figure it out. <laughs> okay. 
Another year goes by. Um, I didn't think much about it. One of those ha ha things. Oh, that's too hard. And um, it became more and more clear that this child was not a boy, not a girl, and that it was devastating for them to be misgendered. I was like, okay, it's fine. It's like, no, no, it's really upsetting. It's awful. It's to the point where they don't want to be outside. They don't want to talk to people. They don't want to go to camp. I mean, on and on and on. So it just felt, it became more and more clear that how important this was. And so, as again, as a gender studies person, but also as an activist and as a mom, I was like, okay, we're going to dive in. We're going to learn about gender, non-binary community. We're going to, like, go to a gender conference, you know, the SIBs are going to be there, we're all going to support you in this, whatever this is, we're going to figure it out together, it's going to be great. Um, and um, my, another great moment of parenting where I was going to sign up this, this, it's actually, there's a great conference, which I've never been to, um, that uh, called Gender East and Gender West, and, and it's all about people who are gender creative and gender non-binary and are thinking differently and experiencing the world differently and um, so I was going to write a check to. I was going to buy ten, train tickets, and I said, so, "Are you ready for this?" And I was, I don't know, first they were sure, whatever, and, and then, and then they said, "Well, um, do you?" Uh, what did they say? Oh, they said, "You know, mom, I know that you're really, really interested in gender, but the thing is, I'm not." <laughs> I was like, oh yeah, right, <laughs> right. Because I know, gender. Because I know you. I know you come from, of course, a gender studies background, and also, you. You've, you've identified as an activist. And my whole life. I mean, I have been living in the binary, not just living it, but swimming it, thinking it, reading it, writing it. So absolutely, this isn't just about. And, and this notion that one can that these that the. I mean, I certainly have critiqued the gender binary in the sense of like what we think of as masculine and feminine. That's my life is trying to help people and help myself. Uh, I dismantle that. So, but. They're not just, they're actually not interested in the topic. <laughs> so, like, like, don't, they would like a world where they would never, ever have to discuss it again. And that is not the world we live in. But, of course, I laughed and sort of said, right, that's right. Okay, so I'm the one that needs to go to a conference. You really don't. Um, in part because, of course, I also wanted them to have a support group. I wanted them to understand and meet other people. And so that's a whole other issue. But um, fast forward to the question in hand about pronouns, um, I, I took my child to a camp, at, again, one of those mom things of like, well, let's go meet other people who are non-binary. And, um, and when we got there, they asked for our pronouns. And I was like, well, okay, sure. Seems obvious to me, but I'll write Sarah, she, her. And um, my child wrote they, them. And we spent an hour or so walking around with this fabulous person who runs this amazing camp. And I want the world to know that there are these amazing camps for these kids. Um, and they're not all about gender. They're just regular old camps with nice people who um, are, you know, able to and understand that gender is not binary. And don't make it an exhausting process no. to move through the world. You don't have to talk about identity. it all day long. They don't have, it's not right. It's just they, they swim and they splash around and they play games and... Um, so uh, it was great to be there. And somehow, I don't know why, but that moment it clicked. We were driving home, and I was like, so I saw that you used they. Um, would you prefer they? And my child like, oh, no, no, I would never ask people to do that. Like, you wouldn't ask people to do that, but would you prefer? It's like, 
Well, I don't think you could do it. It'd be too upsetting to ask people to do it and have them not do it. I'd rather just not ask. Mm. Yeah, I could see that. Driving along. <laughs> Wait a minute. Okay, let me ask one more time. Would you, do you feel more comfortable with the they pronoun? Yes. Okay. Mulligan. Right? I'm sorry. This world has, this world has failed you. The English language has failed you. If you would like the pronoun they, I will not just try, I will succeed, of course. Right? I mean, I'm like, yeah. what did I, what was that about? How did I, what do you mean? It's too hard. <laughs> I can't do it. Oh, it's grammatically incorrect. I can't deal with it. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm a grammar Nazi, whatever. What? What? Like, of course. It, it became so clear. And then as I read the statistics, it's just heartbreaking. I mean, children who are non-binary, um, who are not supported in their authenticity, ready for this number? It's like something close to 75% either attempt suicide or have suicidal thoughts. Wow. That's like really likely. Of course. That's more likely than unlikely. A lot more likely yeah. than not, right? So the answer is, oh my God, of course. Of course they. Of course. I mean... What the hell? I mean, yeah. what am I thinking? How did I even, how did I ever even get to the point where I was thinking, oh well, sorry, <laughs> um, and uh, and from there we had a gender jar, and I actually remember thinking, I'm never, I'm gonna try so hard, I'm gonna try so hard, it's gonna be so hard, and it was actually, you know, mm -hmm. I just and we sort of joked about it, but it was hard, um, and we made if we made a mistake, you had to put a quarter in, you know, that kind of stuff. Do you remember one of those mistakes that you made? Uh, well, it's interesting. It especially happens with it happens because um, every so often it still happens. Um, but uh, it, it would happen with my my husband or my sister, who I, of course I've been talking every day, all day about my kids, sort of nonstop. And so whenever whenever a thing was in the past, it was always, you know, he, she, he, she, she did this, he did that, and then she did that. And so that was sort of a, a just a, a nonstop. That was that was the biggest challenge, um, but. And this is actually something that's important for me to, this is some, so one of the reasons why I wanted to do this podcast is because I, I feel like these questions are, some of these questions are answerable. Like, well, if I have a person in my life who wants, who needs the they pronoun, like, am I ever going to get it right? Because it's, it's like, I don't think so. And the answer is yes. Yes, you will. First thousand times it's tough. After that, it's easy. And you just do it a lot, just like everything else. So it's, and I, I will say that it's become quite easy. It doesn't mean that I, I don't ever, if I make a mistake, I tend to make a mistake in one direction. <laughs> um, so, but uh, yeah, so it's, it's, it, it's completely doable. Um, and it's been a wonderful, incredibly profoundly relieving part of my child's life. I've seen that. Okay, fast forward. They go to school. We deal with all this at school. I explain that to my students. That was going to be my next question. Was right. I, I explain all this to, you know, the teachers. They try. They fail. Uh, they try. They fail. They try. They get better. Um, you know, again, the most, it's interesting. The kids, for the most part, are like, whatever. <laughs> so it's a great, great thing. I mean, not completely. There's a couple of people who are like, oh, that's weird. Um, I mean, it kind of reminds me of learning languages, actually. You know how learning a language is so much easier if you start with a four-year-old. That's why there's such a push to get 
to right. get kids, kids. Uh, right. uh, um, exposed to languages earlier, right. and so much harder to learn French or Spanish as an adult. Right. And yeah. So I can. So of course it would be easy for the kids, and that yeah. they're still learning. Their brains are still molding. Yeah, and they also have had less misogyny in their lives and less gender binary, right? So, I mean, it doesn't mean that they, I mean, obviously you start from the beginning and six-year-olds are especially, you know, especially sexist. That's a great age for, you know, the gender binary. Um, <laughs> but, but yeah, I, you know, my experience has been that, and this may be a, a, a lot of other factors going into it, that um, the younger people are, the less, you know, uh, concerned they are about the issue. Hmm. Um, whereas people my age and older um, are often like, oh, that's grammatically incorrect. I don't know. I just wish they wouldn't use they. Maybe Z is better, but I don't understand it. And you know, etc. There's just a lot of um, odd commitment to the status quo, and they it just feel like they're. Um, so I will say one thing about mm-hmm. the uh, about the uh, grammatically correct thing is yep. it is grammatically correct. It is grammatically correct. <laughs> I know. Is. I was reading all about this about how we use basically so AP style. You know, my right. second Bible. Right. Um, AP style says that they is an okay usage when the gender of someone we're talking about is not known. It's just a grammatical English um, right commonplace rule. Right. So, for example, um, if you already are doing it and you don't realize it. So, um, you know, if uh, if I said, well, I have to meet a friend um, over, you know, across the campus, um, you might say, well, what time are they going to be there? Exactly. Like, well, that doesn't sound weird, right? Like, they, I didn't say they, I said a person. Right, but I didn't know, so I didn't, I e- you, you easily go there. Yeah, you don't see just it. Just automatic. And, right, and so um, people often don't believe me until they... Till I catch them, if you will. So I'm like, yeah, you just use they as a singular uh, again, and and um, so and it, which is appropriate. And again, it, it's it is the way we use it, which is actually why. Well, first of all, people should be able to choose uh, their pronouns um, because why not? We live in a world where I mean, why not? Um, but but also uh, this actually, I would argue that they is particularly useful because it already has this. Person, not man, not woman, not boy, not girl, role. So, anyway, I never quite answered your question. But I'm taking all the way back to the question about pronouns. No, that's okay. That's I get okay. my, because uh, all of this is relevant. Um, I'm curious I, about the teachers, actually. I'm yeah, okay, all right. Um, how they were responding. Yeah, well, it's interesting. There's definitely, at this stage of life in 2019, but this was now 2017, this was happening, 16. Um, you know, the answer has to be, of course, Sarah, we will try to, we will accommodate your child's needs. I mean, they can't say, what? <laughs> That's too weird. Um, so they certainly said the right things. Um, but clearly, I think there was one teacher who thought it was pretty silly and um, who never quite got it right. Um, most of the other teachers made an effort. And I was surprised, I guess. Yeah, I guess I was surprised at how much it mattered. I mean, it was, I don't, I, I guess I can't even put it into words just how much it mattered to my child. One time they came home and they were, they, they're not somebody, they're not super, uh, they, don't, they don't wear their emotions on their sleeves. And they actually got, I picked them up in the car, they were crying. They had like tears coming down their face. 
And of course, Asa. So not just burst into tears in the no, car, just, but just actually like, had, had been, been crying, crying in front of like, people. Right, right. And I was like, what's going on? And they were happy. And I was like, what? What happened? And they said, well, my this new teacher who had come to the school um, had misgendered them. And afterwards came up and said, I am so sorry I did that, and I am working really hard to make sure that doesn't happen again. That's it. Just a genuine Just sobbing apology. with happiness. Yeah. That somebody screwed up and then cared. <laughs> You're like, okay, that, wow, right? I mean, like, it's all, what, what they want is, is, and they're so, frankly, my kid, but, um, I mean, this idea that, like, uh, I don't put this. There's some, there's some, uh, I think, stereotype that people are self-righteous about this and they're going to be easily offended and very, very angry. They're pre-enraged. They're ready to, you know, as we talked before, I'm terrified of saying the wrong thing because it's, um, that has not been my experience at all. I mean, my experience is quite the reverse, that the people who are actually living this, you know, are, do not want to make a fuss. They do not want to have this conversation. Frankly, it's been quite painful in their lives usually. And they, you know, best let it be. Um, so it doesn't mean that other people won't be enraged for them. Um, uh, you know, my, my, my si- the siblings mm-hmm. of my agender child can get, can get enraged for them and can uh, correct people quickly and with um, some gruffness at times. All right. Um, but you're finding your child has, is, is quite understanding of, is, this might take a second for... People absolutely. to absolutely, and they do actually, used to. yeah, and and they do make an effort, and they do look, um, uh, they look pretty androgynous. They always have. There was always they were always mistaken one way or the other, and they go, oh, I'm sorry, you know, <laughs> um, which of course happened to my my son, um, uh, who is a cis male, um, had these beautiful long eyelashes when he was a baby, and people would say, oh, what a beautiful girl, and I would say, oh, boy, they go, oh, sorry, it's like, oh, it's fine, <laughs> you know, what I brought up, why I needed to correct you, I don't even mm-hmm. know. Um, anyway, the pronoun thing gets all the way, so this is something I'd been living and breathing while I was teaching gender studies and thinking about it, um, but, uh, and it certainly has completely changed uh, a whole lot of ways in which I've thought about um, my, my professional work, uh, but... Um, but then my child went to uh, University of Maryland, actually, to take a, a college class. They're now in high school. And as a good mother, I said, okay, well, make sure to email your teacher and let them know your pronoun. And they're like, no. What do you mean, no? I'm not going to do Okay, that. so I thought, I thought that, this pro- that there was a progression of fully like, oh, owning the, yeah, yeah, owning the I want, this yeah. is how I want to be called. Yeah, exactly. You'd think so. Like, no, like, why not? It's like, I, I don't know them. Okay, but don't you want them to know that? Like, I don't care, but you, but you do. I know you care. <laughs> so, like, class, you know, so they're just a 14-year-old who would rather not reach out to a professor and ask them to do anything ever, right? So I'm like, ah, oh, shoot, come on, really? So, well, can you mention it? Like, if it comes up, I guess, you know. Like, okay, so first day, they go off, and and I say, did you get a chance to tell anyone your pronoun? Um, no one's going to guess they, right? Help them out. This is my thing. Like, let people succeed. Uh, no, it never came up. Well, did you do, like, 
introductions, like, yeah, yeah. Um, and we went around and said our name. I'm like, okay, well, your name is kind of gender neutral now. Did anyone know? The entire, it was like a three-week course. The entire three weeks, nobody knew my child's gender. And nobody knew my child's pronoun. And I'm sure people, for the most part, are nice people who would be happy to use the correct pronoun if they knew it, were probably wondering or, or trying to figure it out. Um, I think there was one kid who, like, came up and asked and ended up being his friend. I was like, what's up with that? Like, you know, whatever. And um, uh, so, but the teacher never knew. The teacher never asked. Just like me, right? I'd had students. I never asked. Uh, and so I realized that just asking, just sort of telling people, well, if you have any questions or concerns, let me know, um, was a bit of a statement about putting the burden on them, right? I'm sort of. So the next year, uh, they went back to University of Maryland, and I said, okay, do it this time. Come on, don't you, and once again, wouldn't you like to let people know this is helpful for other people, and they want to treat you well, and it's one way to do that, and, oh, yeah, mate, no, not really, you know, well, why don't you just send them an email anyway, because you have to do it for another reason, and just put, you know, your they. Like, the you, s you sign off your emails yep. with I'll, Sarah Kalina, uh -huh. she, her, hers, like, it's just yep. there. I'll get there, I'll get there, right, exactly, I know, so, all right, so, no, I don't want to do that. <sighs> okay, so, first day, they come home, how was it? Oh, it was great, really, what happened, like, um, well, we went around, and the teachers started out by saying, I'm Professor So-and-so, she, hers. And then other people did it, too, and so I just said they, and then it was done. So again, getting in touch with the maternal that we have in all of us, right? And whether you have a little nephew or, or niece or somebody in your life or whatever, that moment when you have somebody little, you say, like, you know, the, the, the protective feeling you have. I just had this huge sense of relief, and of course I was just so grateful to this teacher who I don't know, um, to have made it normal. Um, but also, more importantly, I suppose, or as importantly, not just to my child, but to everyone. Like, you actually don't know my pronoun, and also it's something that you wouldn't necessarily be able to tell. And also some of us are very cis, that's C-I-S, and we, present, we are, it's never even occurred to us that our gender identity and our bodies won't match, and therefore it's super easy for us to ignore it, but it's also super easy for us to just say she, her, right? It's not, it's, it's not a, um, it's not a big ask. So that's all to say that around this time I started introducing the class, my classes, by saying if you could say your pronoun, even if you think it's obvious, you know, whatever. Um, and I just would sort of ask people to, to do that. And um, it made people made some people uncomfortable, um, I think, a little bit. But mostly not. I don't, I don't think anyone was angry. But certainly um, they would sometimes think it was odd. And then I would explain, as a mother of somebody who's agender, uh, I've had the experience of realizing that, actually, there's just no reason why I can't ask everybody. So that's all great, and that is why in your class I did that, and I'm really proud of it, and I think it's wonderful, but I have to tell you another part of the story, okay. which is that, um, because nothing's easy, right? So uh, my child, who, so fairly, I guess it was a couple, couple years ago when I started working on these issues. I'm a political activist, so of course I've started getting involved in, in um, 
legislation and state-based state issues that relate to non-binary students. And, um, and I started realizing that I was like the only, this maybe four years ago, that I was the only one in this entire community who didn't sign off with my pronouns and my email, right? So I was like, oh, this is silly. Of course I should do that. How did I, you know, I don't know, it was five years ago. So, so I added she, her, and, um, and I asked, I asked uh, my child, my agender child, I was like, so I've added she, her to my email. What do you think of that? I think it's dumb. <laughs> I was like, really? Really? Like, yeah, I think it's really dumb. Like, all right, so no, I don't get any cred points for that at all. Like, no, uh-uh. Like, <laughs> a, child, a child of yeah, complexities. I know, like, parents are just like, fun. Yeah, parents are fun, exactly. So unless you think that, right, so uh, I was like, okay, but why? It's like, why do people need to know your pronoun, like, when you're emailing them? I was like, well, it's kind of a statement. And, and they did sort of understand. Like, that's a kind of a statement that you care or whatever, but... They, they did not <laughs> they did not say thank you mother for your wise insights and the way in which you're challenging the world and making it a better place like no I didn't get that no, no didn't get no, that no 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 but fortunately uh, fortunately my, my kids keep me humble so right. um, so but I but I add that to the story because that matters too which is that actually there are plenty of people who are agender who don't put their pronouns they don't they're not political they don't want to talk about it and they actually don't really want you to I mean they want they don't want to be misgendered but they also don't know you and they don't necessarily want to talk about it with you now what my child will say is if it's relevant if they if there's somebody who I'm going to see more than once or twice like in a three-week course it wasn't worth it <laughs> with their teachers back at their regular school it's worth it right so they still don't correct people because um, they oh just, really no. okay it's they I find it embarrassing I mean it's I mean, whatever. It's just like this weird personal thing. It's like, I don't know. <laughs> Same reason why you don't tell people you're on your period or something. It's like, well, it's not, it's not really relevant to the conversation. And yeah, I mean, I think, <laughs> I think as we're like moving through our conversations and through our interactions through the day, you just, you figure out at what point I'm going to bring up this element of my identity or at what point, like, it's okay to be a little less seen and a little less known just for not having to bring it up. Right. Uh, but something I was thinking with the first uh, University of Maryland class was that no one was asking. And that, I thought, was an interesting commentary on just my generation and maybe young people not really caring so much and not, yeah. not having to be a big deal, and so it's just not even asking. Yeah. I mean, I'm really hopeful. Um, I remember, uh, actually, this happens, still happens, but at least a, a year or two ago I had a class where we talked about, as you remember, um, same-sex, uh, single-sex schools. Not same-sex, single-sex, all these different phrases, right? Yeah. Um, <laughs> So single-sex schools, and why is that still a thing? And, um, and I had one class that was just, boy, were they going there. They were, they were just filling every stereotype. Well, I think the girls, you know, whatever, really like being with girls because, um, you know, they're basically, uh, you know, uh, better at talking and better at getting along. And the guys, you know, whatever it was, just lots of stereotypes about, about learning or they would, you know, guys need to run around, you know, need to run around more, or they're, they're you know, they, they're, uh, I remember somebody saying, well, there's the hierarchy thing, guys like that more, it's like, well, there's a lot of, a lot of big assumptions happening about men and women and boys and girls and masculinity and femininity, so I said to them, well, what would you do if somebody um, wasn't a boy or a girl? Without, without a beat, they were like, oh, they could just choose. So there they were, like, I mean, I understand it, but, you know, making, frankly, a lot of very large and, frankly, 
problematic generalizations about boys and girls. But as soon as I said, well, what if you're not one or the other? Like, that's fine. <laughs> okay. So. But then, but then, what's interesting about that is that that non-binary person would have to then choose which gender stereotypes they're subscribing to, and that's something that I was curious right. about for the summer camp yeah. that you and your child went to, for um, just at school um, when yeah. the class gets split up, uh, boys versus boys versus girls soccer, yeah. and. Yeah. Does your child does your child feel uncomfortable in that situation? Desire a third option, or is being able to choose it just okay? Is so that fine? they don't choose, and they've devoted their entire life to setting up a situation where they avoid that. So in that way, the world is um, not fit for them, and um, they don't want to be a social justice warrior. They say that I I've got that spot. I can do it. Um, <laughs> thanks, mom. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, so. Uh, it's a great question because they end up, for example, um, the school just put in a new uh, locker room. So they have a boys' locker room and a girls' locker room. Lose my child. My child has been in neither. Um, and they use the all-gender faculty bathroom, basically. Um, so they don't love it, but they also don't want to talk about it. Um, that's the other thing we did. We spent a lot of time looking for the all-gender bathrooms, uh, UMD, which mm-hmm. there are some, but not not in every building. Um, that was very painful, I have to say. The um, what's, this, what's the great movie about the African-American uh, mathematician um, who had to run to the bathroom? Do you remember this? Oh, oh, yeah. oh, yeah, of course. Hidden, um, hidden figures, right. yeah. So that story, that, that image of her running way across the way to go to the bathroom. Because in, in that case, she couldn't use the white-only bathroom. Right. Um, and I just, that was upsetting to read, to see for so many reasons, but one of which it reminded me of my child who didn't, doesn't use public bathrooms, um, which can be really painful. Problematic. <laughs> really painful. problematic. Literally painful. Yes, yeah. problem, very painful at times. So, um, yeah, so that's, that's difficult. Um, they don't do sports. Um, we play tennis, um, but they they have avoided that as well. They've avoided any sort of, and I don't know how much they would do sports if they if that was a non-issue. But it's certainly something they've avoided. Um, so yeah, I'm I'm curious now. Actually, you know, sort of speaking of your generation, but but. Is that, has, do you, has that changed now? Like, I mean, like, for example, now in other women's and gender studies classes, is, is it more common now? Has it become more common, the idea of doing pronouns? And To be honest, I haven't taken many women's and gender yeah. studies classes. Okay. I've taken your class. I'm in yeah. a gender-related class with yeah. you right now. But right. Um, right. it definitely, it, within that specific community, it definitely has become more normal. Like, right. whenever I'm in some sort of social justice space of any sort, it's completely every, it's something you do. There's no questions asked about it. But as far as getting into other spaces, it's still not, it's still a little awkward and uncomfortable. And it's very much like a freshman orientation thing. And then you never do it again. (laughs) Interesting. Right. Right. Yep. It reminds me. um, Yeah. I mean, there's, I, I don't, no, I even I've even spoken to my child about well, what is the ideal, and actually, 
they've even said, well, I'd rather not have to announce it to the whole group. I'd actually rather just do it like in small, like you know, let the people around me know, or yeah. have it just have have someone know it. But I don't necessarily want to say, hi, my name is and. Ever. So Yeah, I mean, I think um, it's something that in many different communities, and I don't mean to compare being a gender to a disability right. at all, but yeah. something like I'm also in a disability studies class right yeah. now, and it, this is really, this yeah. conversation is really making me think about that, and mm-hmm. how do we set up a world in which you can just operate in it, whether you have a physical disability, whether you don't conform to the gender binary, and right. not have to make it your just the essence Main of your thing. entire being right. is just, this is who I am all the time. Right. And, yeah. and our world is set up in such a way that, yeah. um, that it is really who you are all the time. Right. And um, it's, it's funny that we still get so excited over articles like, Berk- did you read about Berkeley writing out gender from all their city code? Oh, yeah. <laughs> like, everyone's like, oh, my God, no more manholes. We got maintenance <laughs> holes now. It was like a big old deal. Um, Oh, I gotta love Berkeley. Yeah, I love Berkeley. <laughs> gotta love Berkeley. That's right. That's yeah. right. Good intentions. Right. And one of the things I think that my, my child has, of course, taught me many, many things. Um, but it has also really helped me um, with one of the stereotypes that I had um, with both the trans and the non binary community, which is that people who are trans and non binary are. Um, are um, what word would I would use? You know, fanatical. You know, there's something fanatical. There's something they they feel this really intensely, and they're and they um, uh, somehow are going to you know both be angry with me if I screw up, um, but also um, they you know have an agenda. They want the world to understand them, and it's like, well, I mean, yes and no. Just like any group of people, some there are advocates who are out there in the world trying to make the world a fairer place for other people. There are a lot of trans and non-binary people who are not political and who would rather not discuss it. And frankly, you know, I, I mean, I, I think my child would and has been grateful for the advocacy that's been done. And there are certainly states they will not move to. Um, mm-hmm. So they're very aware of the protections, that kind of thing. Um, but I will say that one of the things that I will never forget this, it was, a, it was a, it's interesting, it was a radio show. So there was a radio show that I heard years ago and um, it must have been 15 years ago now. And it was the first time that I'd heard an interview with someone who was transitioning. Actually, she had completely transitioned. Um, she had been on the a radio earlier um, as a he, and then was now reintroducing herself as a she. And so in the interview, it's like an NPR thing, saying, well, before we talk about you know, the local whatever, I'd like to you know, let everybody know that you have a new name and a new pronoun. And, so let's have this conversation. And so they had like a 15-minute interview and um, asked a couple questions, you know, whatever, what's it like. Um, but there were three or four questions in a row, and she said, and, you know, how do we do this? How do you do that? How, how should we do, handle this? And at some point she said, you know, I don't know. I've never done this before. Right? <laughs> I was like... It was so relieving. It was like, right, I don't know either. Like, yeah. right, like I've never transitioned before. So we're just going to have to do this together. Just figure this out. Right, yeah. because, yeah, no, I, I'm pretty much a beginner at this. I mean, so that, that leads into another question I was having is, do you ever think about the future, even worry about the future, feel hopeful for the future, about your child's experiences with really gendered experiences like parenthood, like dating? Um, that was one of the things that I 
worried about the, the, the moment, you know, sort of if there's anything unusual about your child, you think, well, are they going to get invited to the birthday party? Are they going to, like, fall in love? Are they going to, you know, these are the kind of, like, every parent wants, uh, you know, sort of the basics. And um, I just, I, I don't know how to, I, you know, I, I tell people I'm a very good worrier. I, I worry about my kids all the time and I'm, have many, many things to worry about. And my agender child's agenderness is just not one of them. Okay. You know, and I mean, I have plenty of other things, you know, I got a long list of other things to worry about, but it's just, it's interesting. It is actually one of the parts of my parenting that I feel most at peace with, which is kind of ironic because of course it was so, because it's, um, yeah, I guess I, I guess I can only say that this process, um, but also the gift of my child. I mean, not every child has it as, is as, um, yeah, it's, I would say that my child, I, I've been blessed with a child for whom this is just, they just know themselves really well. Um, and so there's never been any sort of confusion, um, and they, we figured it out early-ish, not early enough, but early-ish, and so most of their childhood they've been able to, you know, be authentic. Um, and so, yeah, that is, that is, I just want all three of my children and all of my students to um, figure out as soon as they can, you know, their authentic self. And um, frankly, my agender child was forced to do that earlier than others um, because the world didn't make it easy for them. But it also has meant, you know, this sort of silver lining is, is that um, they have a really clear sense of themselves that most 15-year-olds don't have. 15 going on 16. Great. Great. Well, thank you for having this conversation with me. I learned a lot. Good. Well, you are very, very welcome. I hope a lot of people learn a lot from it, too. (laughs) Did my conversation with Professor Kalina today make you think about a story you've always wanted to tell? Is there an opinion you hold that you've always wanted to talk about? Send me an email at jtp65 at georgetown.edu. Professor Kalina, any last words for our listeners? Stay curious about that one. I like that. Before I sign off, I'd like to thank Pana, the Voices podcast editor, for the fantastic intro music and give her a shout out along with Peter, the assistant podcast editor. I hope you'll tune in to the next installment of Fresh Voices. Thanks for listening.